Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi and welcome to episode 5 of Who You Lovin' with me, Rachel Campbell. And me, Corey Dalston. This week we're talking about Hot Girl Summer, the residual trauma of PE class, and why everyone should watch Promising Young Woman. Who you loving by Corey and Rachel for all of your throwbacks and recommendations. Hi. <laughs> hey. Pure pretending that we don't talk before. I know. <laughs> we just log in and start recording. That's, that's what we do every week. Yeah. How are things up in Donegal? Grand, well... Looking more positive. Looking more positive. Mm. The only thing is nobody has confirmed. So when we're recording this, which is about a week before you guys hear it, they've announced that we can have inter-county travel, but nobody's confirmed that it's the 32. Uh, (laughs) And I'm not being a Republican. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see my friend. (laughs) So like inter-county could be... The Republic of Ireland, Intercounty. Mm, I'm, I'm taking it as cross-border. You would think so in Donegal. The likes yeah. of Donegal, Monaghan and Cavan, especially. Because, like, you can literally accidentally go to a different county across the border. How are things with you? All good, yeah. Busy. Really busy. I just feel busy all the time now. Um, and obviously doing all of my reading, watching and listening for this week's podcast. Love it. Love it. So we just get stuck in then? Yeah, go for it. Why don't you go first? So reading this week, I which actually I wasn't reading it this week because I flew through it. So I actually read it the week that we recorded the last podcast. Um, But it was brilliant. I was reading Homestretch by Graham Norton. Oh, excited to hear about this. Right. So first off, my like number one opinion on this book is that I did not give Graham Norton enough credit as an yeah. author. Yeah, I definitely thought, because you know, sometimes when you don't know a celebrity primarily as an as a writer, sometimes their stuff isn't great. And obviously Graham Norton was kind of a comedian and an actor and then um, had his TV show and Eurovision and all of that stuff. I just hadn't, hadn't kind of thought that he would, I wasn't expecting it to be that great, to be honest. I'd heard, like, I heard what the plot was. I was interested in the plot, but I wasn't so interested in the fact that Graham Norton wrote it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was very good. So, basically, to summarise, I've written down in my notes, good yarn. It's a good <laughs> yarn. <laughs> it's a good, like, it is just like something your parents say, oh, it's a good wee yarn. Yeah, very good, like, good, just a good story. Like, overall good story. Like, finished it and was like, yeah, that was... Do you know sometimes when you're reading and you're kind of like, oh, that kind of felt a bit inconclusive or it kind of dropped out there in the middle or whatever. And mm. the first thing you learn when you're when you're studying English is kind of like stories need to have a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes you do really miss that in books. Um, but not with this one. I did think it was it was actually a very good story just overall. Um, so the kind of short synopsis of what happens, and this is going to sound like a spoiler, but it's not because I think this is like, this is what you'll find on Amazon if you look it up. Like it just, it's mm. just a lot of information 
straight away. <laughs> it mm-hmm. sounds like it should be in the middle of the book, but it's not. Basically set in um, Cork in the 80s um, and a group of young ones, like kind of not kids, but like kids, <laughs> uh, young people aged 18 to kind of mid 20s. Um, go on a day out to the beach they pile into a car to go home there's six of them in the car they get in an accident yeah uh, six of them so six of them in the car two of them survive three of them pass away and one of them is badly disabled um, from mm-hmm. the accident so that's kind of the initial like that happens within I think the first chapter the second chapter so obviously quite dark um but what happens is obviously set in kind of small town cork not not cork city like small town outside of cork um and the impact that that accident then has it has a rippling effect throughout the entire community so for example the the guy that's driving the car he's our main character his name's connor he his parents own a pub and nobody goes to the pub anymore because they're like, oh, well, look what your son did. So, mm. yeah, and it's just like, you know, you can kind of see and you can totally see it happening in small town Ireland. You can see that kind of thing. Sure. Like It's realistic, you know, even now. And this obviously set 30 plus years ago. Um, so then what happens is we kind of follow Connor. Um, he... He leaves Cork, he moves to Liverpool and then ends up in America. And then you just kind of follow his story and you get excerpts from back home. What's going on? Like, what are his parents doing? What is his sister doing? What's the impact of them being left there while he's left, while he's gone? It's, it's just really, really interesting. I have a couple of quotes. One that I thought, so one of the ones that kind of keep coming up in reviews and things is it's kind of a short synopsis of what the book is about which is none of us are just the worst thing we ever did we're more than that so that's that that one was quoted quite a lot in reviews and things Mm -hmm. but another one that i thought was really lovely is when one of the characters is flying into ireland um and they kind of see all the like green fields and everything the way you always do when you're kind of coming back from holiday or whatever and you see you just see Ireland under you and if you have any sort of it's been so long (laughs) do you remember that (laughs) Um, but if you have any sort of kind of love for the country uh, which I think most people do but um, when you're flying back in and you see all of that kind of the green fields and the rolling landscapes you kind of go oh I'm home like even if you loved being away you're kind of glad to be home too mm-hmm. um, so one of the quotes that that was in the book was this is what homecoming meant arriving in a place to discover you're fluent in a language you'd forgotten you ever knew which I thought was nice yeah. um and must be something that Graham Norton maybe relates to because obviously he spent most of his career over in in England so I'd like to think that he thinks that when he comes home. I don't know. He might hate the place. Um, <laughs> but um, overall, like thematically, you've got kind of what it is to be Irish and grow up in Ireland and small town rural Ireland and, and how a, a scandal, either big or small, kind of any sort of scandal or any sort of story can spread like wildfire or have real negative impacts on your entire life. Mm-hmm. you've got a lot about family in it and 
friendships as well but family's a big focus even at the start we kind of get a background on each of the kids that are in the car and their family and their situation there's good twists in it now I personally caught I think every twist before it happened but that's only because I was anxious (laughs) (laughs) so I'm always thinking like you know in a book whenever like they hint that a character's pregnant for example that's not one of the things in this book but they like say something like oh she called us and said she wasn't coming to dinner because she wasn't feeling well I was like pregnant yeah Yeah, do you know what I mean like she missed breakfast Um, so uh, there's good twists if you're not like constantly anxious all the time (laughs) and there's also um, quite a heavy theme of like LGBTQ plus and what that was like uh, growing up within that community um, in the 80s 90s over the last say three decades um, which is really interesting too so that's kind of touched upon I really enjoyed it. I really, I really thought it was very good. Um, and I definitely, I would recommend it. I know that a few of the reviews I read, people were like, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit light or it's a bit, do you know, it's a bit of a holiday read or whatever. But I didn't even find that. I actually thought it was, it was, yeah. it was quite, you know, I wouldn't say it was like a poolside read. I would say it's slightly heavier than that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I've been reading. What have you been reading, Corey? Sounds um, good. And also reminds me of, a social media post I saw by Matt Haig and it's actually Matt Haig's book that I've been reading this week but um, first of all to touch on your point and he had put this up and I was like this is actually so good and he does touch a bit about it in this book but he says there's this like negative view or these negative connotations with some creating something that's an easy read and he was like why on earth is that the case? Like, I don't want to write something that people struggle to read or yes, struggle I to get through. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're like, yeah, such a good point. I'm going to take my plus I reads forever. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I always find that, like, I can read a heavy book and obviously I think there's, you know, there's merit in any literature. People have different tastes and things, but, like, there's going to be merit in reading whatever, as long as you're reading, for God's sake. Like, yeah. But the thing is, I don't mind a wee heavy book, a book that got, you know, all the awards and was big, heavy topics and whatever. And then every so often in between those, I'd like a wee kind of easy read. Uh, Something that you do fly through. (laughs) Yeah, like the same way as like, obviously you watch the heavy TV programs, the big ones, the like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) That's a kinky version of Breaking Bad. And, uh, but in between, obviously, you go back to like Friends and The Simpsons and whatever, because you have that kind of like your brain needs a bit of like relief yeah, from like sure. the, the heavier stuff that you really have to engage with, you know? Sorry, go on about your book. Tell me. Yeah, about it. sorry. So um, this one is one of his self help, what like proclaimed self help. I know we both read Midnight Library last year. It yeah. was fiction, but this is. His self-help, Notes on a Nervous Planet, it's called. Right. It obviously stems a lot from his personal experience with anxiety and depression. And it sums up how society as a whole is influenced by advancements in technology and social media and how culture has changed, how we're programmed by the world and the conditions that we live in, especially in the Western world. Um, 
and sort of how all these technical advancements have interfered with and influenced us psychologically based on so he talks about some of his personal experiences and then some of his like advice I would say or some like guidelines um so loads of little nuggets in there um again for a sort of self-help book it was quite easy to read when it comes to you know like we've talked about before facts and figures and studies and sometimes you get a wee bit like right okay Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. um so and then a lot of it again which I spoke about before um a few overlaps of things that I read before and lost connections but I think this is much more like tongue-in-cheek way of doing it like so is it almost is it like in an essay format almost yeah like it's like chapters and then it's like punctuated with like little guidelines or little like oh how to switch off or like not what I thought that book was at all because I read reasons to stay alive and it's not like that at all right I haven't read that one it's kind of more like it's it's more like literature it's more like poetry then right. it's not an essay definitely not or it's not like it's not based in fact mm-hmm. so much or like concrete fact it's more reasons to stay alive yoga sunshine oh, right. <laughs> no well he does have a little bit um of, and like I've got there's loads of quotes that I've like screenshotted and like just like little thinking points and like things that you could literally see on people's like we notice boards every day for like remember this remember that um, mm-hmm. so I'll share a few of those this was one so he talks about like body image and appearance and self-awareness and self-consciousness of your appearance and he talks about um, he references this study by someone at Florida State University and it's this thing like this unattainable sort of perfection that we aspire to sort of mm-hmm. thing so you know, oh, I want to lose weight, I'll be happy when I lose weight, I'll be happy when I'm skinnier, I'll be happy when I'm not as wrinkly, whatever the case may be. Um, And so based on her, I'm assuming this is her words from her study, so she says, what is really going to make you happier and healthier? Losing 10 pounds or losing harmful attitudes about your body begins and ends in your mind, like, doesn't it? And in how Mm -hmm. you see yourself, it's just like a, a thinking point that stood out to me. There's loads as well about social media of course being um a a big one and he actually while he was obviously writing this book he must have went out to his twitter followers and asked them the question um if they think social media is positive or negative there's one guy i'm trying to find one guy he's just on twitter as james um said Facebook is where everyone lies to their friends and Twitter is where they tell the truth to strangers. It's like you see people like, yeah. want to get on Facebook, congrats, happy birthday. Yeah. And then on Twitter, people are just like a bit more ruthless, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. And then, oh, a little heartwarming one that actually reminded me of the opening scene of Love Actually at the airport. So remember, looking at bad news doesn't mean good news isn't happening. It's happening everywhere. It's happening right now around the world, in hospitals, at weddings, in schools and offices and maternity wards, at airport arrival gates, in bedrooms, in inboxes, out in the street, in the kind smile of a stranger, a billion unseen wonders of everyday life. I think you'll find, if you look, love really is all around. (laughs) 
love it, love it, love it. Um, I'm providing there's... all of the TV and movie <laughs> sound bites myself for the next forever. Foreseeable, yeah. Definitely. Like you can just hear one so much better. And oh, there's this other one I definitely want. So, like for example, he has this section here. It's called "What I Tell Myself When Things Get Too Much." Never be cool. Never try to be cool. Never worry what the cool people think. Head for the warm people. Life is warmth. You'll be cool when you're dead. That reminds me of like oh, like questions about like when you're young, uh-huh. trying to be cool. And even now, like I would use cool as a compliment. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, she's really cool. Well, yeah, just... because like sometimes it's the right word. Like if you're like say you're trying to describe someone's like fashion sense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you would say, "Oh, she's like she dresses really cool." Yeah, like as in like she's real trendy. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That's the only word for it. Or sometimes people are just cool. Yeah. If you're trying to describe someone, you're like, "Oh, they're just cool." Like I can't explain. They're just like naturally cool. Like they're I'm trying to be cool. They're just cool. Like. Do you, you think know? that's a maturity thing though? Like now, our what our interpretation of cool is is different to maybe what it was. 10 no, or 15 because years do you know ago? who came in my head when I think about somebody who's naturally cool? Oh. My seventeen-year-old sister. She's so cool. <laughs> She's so cool. Like and like. My other sister, who's 20, coming 21, would totally agree with me that she's so oh, cool. Oh, she's just like, naturally she's just cool. cool. And yeah. like, the thing is, she doesn't care that she's cool. She's just yeah. cool. She probably, if I told her, like, God forbid if she listens to this, she'd be cringing. But I'll not mention her by name. <laughs> but, um, but, like, she, she would never, she doesn't think she's cool. And I think that's yeah. what makes her cooler. Like, yeah. I'd like to think I'm cool. I'm not cool, <laughs> I think the whole the nature of being cool is that you don't think you are like yeah, you don't definitely. care about it you're you're above caring what other people think you know and I think it's like a whole aura isn't it it's like your yeah. style it's your vibe it's like, like an attitude yeah definitely oh, definitely um but I just thought that was really interesting because like like it just reminds me of aspiring to be cool and it ties in with this whole thing it doesn't mean anything uh-huh last one now I'll, I'll by my neck in after this one um but it's about perspective again and i think he talks about um well he talks about his mum having major surgery in this and then the sort of feelings there and then when things are potentially looking very negative um mm-hmm. And he just says, it's just a shame, I suppose, that it takes such major events in our lives or in the lives of the people we love for perspective to arrive. Imagine if we could keep hold of that perspective, if we could always have our priorities right, even during the good and healthy times. Imagine if we could always think of our loved ones the way we think of them when they are in a critical condition. If mm-hmm. we could always have that love, love that is always there, so close to the surface. Imagine if we could keep the kindness and soft gratitude towards life itself. And, you know, that's what he says. That's something that he tries to be conscious of. Um, mm-hmm. Just interesting. Good we read. Nothing too overbearing or, or nothing too, you know, that would make you be like, oh, that's too scientific or that's too, yeah, know, yeah. Based. And it's, I don't want to say it simplifies things because it's, it's not claiming to be, a, a guide to everything and mm-hmm. to resolve all your issues but it's just I think from his personal experience and like I'm a big, big fan of Matt Haig um, and I think he is a, a good mental health advocate and mm-hmm. does obviously a lot of a lot of stuff 
that I maybe wouldn't have known about if I didn't follow Matt Hay, for example, or didn't write his books. So yeah. um, just for anyone who does like Matt Haig, I think you'd enjoy it. I feel like our entire demographic loves Matt Haig because do you remember when you got me the book for mm-hmm. the Midnight right. Library and we were with um, two of our friends who are the same age as us and my sister who is almost 10 years younger than us and all of us were like oh his new book Matt Haig oh my god yeah. Jess was like who? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just like a, a you know millennial women thing that we all just yeah. love him he's so wise none of us know how to live our lives in a balanced manner so, so yeah what have you been watching this week? I watched at the weekend Promising Young Woman <gasps> have you I would love to watch it I haven't watched it yet you must right you must did they win um, all the awards or not I know they were up for all the awards so this is me fact checking before we came on here and okay. um, so it won at the Oscars and the BAFTAs for best original screenplay brilliant nominated for loads others loads of awards in the states that I wouldn't uh-huh. even known existed, like Boston Film Award, Chicago, uh-huh. all these, and then something called the Independent Spirit Award. Kerry Mulligan won that um, brilliant recently, um, and it was covered. I know that because it was covered in the news because she dedicated it to the late Helen McRory. Loads of nominations um, for I think the screenplay and for Kerry Mulligan, Kerry Mulligan, Kerry. I think I Carrie? think she's. Yeah, I think we would say Carrie. Yeah. In the same way as, but I think it's more, it's because they're American. It's spelled differently from Carrie Bradshaw. Yes. It's spelled like C A R E Y. Yeah. And Carrie Bradshaw's C A R R I E. But you know, Carrie Mulligan's British. Oh, so, right, okay. <laughs> Carrie? I thought she was American. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to, like, I feel like it must be Carrie because if it was Carrie, it would be more like K E R R Y or K E R R I E. Okay, Carrie, we'll call her Carrie. <laughs> we'll go with Carrie. Sorry. And Sorry if Carrie, if you're listening to our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> tweet so into us at who you love in pods and let us know. <laughs> really anyway, anyway, your name. <laughs> I. If someone said that name to me, I'd be like, yeah, famous actress, famous actress, famous actress. Uh-huh. Yeah. I haven't a clue who she is. I thought she was, I thought she was someone else. I you had a different face she, in your head. She was she, an what, old, established, successful, renowned actress. What would come into my head is Great Gatsby. She was in The Great Gatsby. She was. I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, that's what, and that's what I would like, as soon as you say Carrie Mulligan, that's what's in my head. She's um, outstanding in this. I, I mean, I didn't see her in anything else. I've never seen her in anything else, but she's amazing. I love this movie so much. Give us a quick synopsis. It's I, I kind of roughly know what it's about, but... Uh, so I'll sort of just say what's in the trailer without giving too much away. So uh-huh. she obviously is the promising young woman here. So she, by day, she works in a coffee shop. By night, she goes to bars acts like she's really drunk in an actual fact she's sober goes to bars alone acts really drunk mm-hmm. until a male approaches her mm-hmm. and 
asks her, oh, are you okay? Proceeds to go home with her, basically. Okay. So at this point then, she, when she's at, gone home with him or, you know, left the bar, left the nightclub with him. Uh-huh. Archie's really drunk. Well, they're like, just, uh, like, uh, it's just amazing. So they're whatever to her and then she will sober up and... So it's almost like vigilante justice kind of thing, almost like, but it's that kind of where they're catching them in the act of mm-hmm. basically yeah. abusing yeah. vulnerable women. Absolutely. That's it in a nutshell. You okay. described it better than me and you haven't even watched it. <laughs> it's just on the same wavelength. It's just, Honestly. It's like two souls. No, two bodies, one soul. <laughs> I was say two souls, two bodies. That's just what we are like in the first five minutes, I was like, I'm going to love this because love a good crossover. Adam Brody was in it. So mm-hmm. Adam Brody, obviously I'm a big fan of from the OC. Uh-huh. And then even though, so he was in it also has an age to bloody day. Uh-huh. Um, and they're in a taxi on the way home and Spice Girls is on the radio. Okay. Like I couldn't, uh, honestly, I know I'm just saying that I couldn't recommend it enough, but it is so worthy of every word. She's amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director Emerald Fennell her name Emerald is Emerald Fennell who did, did you watch The Crown? no ah have you not right Emerald Fennell famously like if people don't know who she is she plays Camilla in The Crown does that, she? yes young Camilla oh um, and she's pregnant at the minute I saw her glowing at the Oscars but um, yeah that's who she is because I was like why does she keep popping up in relation to this film, because I don't think she's in it. She directed it. Isn't she has a little cameo in it. So there's a scene where Carrie's like on YouTube and she's watching a video of Emerald Fennel as someone else, as like a makeup tutorial girl or something. But yeah, and she's up for all the awards as well. Uh, well, she obviously she won, like she wrote it, she did the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's getting rave reviews about it. It's Fair just, play, it, honestly, what... When I was watching it, I was like, oh, wow, I feel like this is really progressive. Like, this is ahead of its time. And then you sort of mm-hmm. stop yourself and you're like, Abs- no, it's to be honest, time. it's absolutely not. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just shocking that it hasn't been done before. That premise itself, I think, is so interesting that this is what this girl does. Uh-huh. And there's just so much else to it. Like, she's such a well-developed character. The dialogue, as I said, from these men um Uh in the bars and her like she's so convincing like she is so convincing and I think she just executes it brilliantly I don't want to go into anything else really at all about it you don't want to commit it for you yeah um there's more to it than you know there's obviously a reason why she's doing this Mm -hmm. that comes out I just would recommend it to everyone what about you so what have you been enjoying so I have a bit of a double bill with the watching this week, oh. but I'll fly through the first one because it's just because I mentioned it in the last episode. So I want to do that justice. Reeling in the years. Did you get to watch it or no? Haven't watched it yet. Right. So I watched it. Did you watch uh, two of them? And people who are in, I don't want to take and dine, but for people who are in Northern Ireland, it is available on YouTube. Don't tell anyone. It's funny because obviously this is kind of, and I said this to my mother and father-in-law and they were disgusted. But this is kind of the first decade that I fully remember because it's the first decade where I was an adult. 
Yeah. So like, obviously, if you tell me a news story from 2002, when I was 10, I'll maybe kind of remember it, but I was 10. Whereas this stuff is all stuff that happened when I was like 18, 19, 20. You know, I was old enough to understand what was going on. But a few of the things, so basically, we all know what Reeling, or most people know what Reeling in the Years is anyway. It's a program produced by RTE. They cut together clips of that year and then play music from that year that was really popular, like the number one hits from that year over it and flash up headlines that happened that year. That's all it is. It's kind of like a anthology of each year and, and what's happened during that year. And they do it by decade. So this 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 series is 2010 to 2019. So I watched 2010 and 2011 and I wrote down some thoughts and then I'll go on quickly to my other program because they don't want to like bore anybody. But mm-hmm. so did not remember the following things. Like literally must have erased them from my memory. Or what the vote of no confidence in 2011. Do you remember that? Government got kicked out. Oh. <laughs> I remember I remembered it when I saw it, but I did yeah. not remember. and I and how much of a like scandal that was and how everybody was kicking off. That was madness. I was watching that and I was kind of thinking it was actually funny because I was thinking, I was like, God, it's weird we don't kick up like that at politicians anymore. And then literally a couple of days later, Arlene Foster has yeah. died. <laughs> but I think that's a whole other that's a whole other talk for a whole other day. So we'll not sure. but it's I don't think I don't I'm not getting into it <laughs> and do you remember when Greece went bankrupt yeah I do remember that right. I remember it too did you know there were riots they were throwing bombs in all the place yeah I don't remember that bit either <laughs> what like literally erase that now here's the last one and it's the real kicker do you remember the presidential election in 2011 we were old enough to vote in it. I oh, voted. I was it. about to say, if I didn't vote in it, I won't remember. It, I was yeah. going to say you probably oh, voted in it. Right. Do you remember? This is when um, Miggledy got got mm-hmm. elected, right? Uh-huh. Do you remember Martin McGuinness running for Irish president? Because that, to me, is a fever dream, and it happened. <laughs> that had to be censored. <laughs> That's what? Right. That's true. I was like. I voted in that election and I cannot remember Martin McGuinness being involved, but he was. He ran for it as well. Isn't that nuts? So, yeah, so it's a good wee show just to kind of refresh the old brain. Oh, sure. (laughs) So now you can kind of remember, like, because I remember watching it when I was young and your parents are always like, God, do you remember that? And oh, I forgot about that. And you're like, okay, you guys are so old. And now I am. That's us. (laughs) That's us now. the other thing I've been watching, um, which might be more kind of um, specific to our audience, um, is Dollface on Disney Plus. Right, so it's an it's an adult show. It's on Disney Plus, but it's it's part of their kind of extending into adult entertainment as well as the Disney okay. movies and all of that. So, um, it's called Dollface. It's a relatively new series. I think it, it started in two thousand and nineteen. Series one is on Disney Plus. I think series two has been delayed because of COVID. The cast is phenomenal. Like it's all these women that you'll recognize from other shows, like big, big actors. Like, you you know, you definitely recognize it. So we have Kat Dennings in the main role. So Kat Dennings is the girl from Two Broke Girls. That's probably what she's most like recognizable for, dark hair. So Kat Dennings plays the main character. You've got her best friend who is played by 
Brenda Song, who uh-huh, was in uh-huh. Sweet Life Sweet Life. Pony. Yeah. And then her other best friend is Shay Mitchell from Pretty Little Liars. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. So good cast. Then um, I was kind of expecting, so I've written down in my notes here, elements of surrealism, which makes me sound like that person who over-prepares <laughs> for the English tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> but oh that's the only way I can describe it because so there's like I was expecting a pretty straightforward comedy show mm-hmm. and then instantly so the first like five minutes of the show she gets on a bus and the bus is driven by a CGI like a lady with a cat face she's a cat and then she's getting on the bus and she's like why are, it's almost like a fever dream like it's like a dream she, she's like why is a cat driving the bus? And she's like, oh, did you not know that if you don't, if you depend on your boyfriend and you don't have any female friendships, you become a crazy old cat lady. So, and that's, (laughs) yeah, I know. It's quite like, okay, intense. Um, So she gets on this bus and the, the woman says, I've written down the quote, relationships with other women are sacred and necessary. She's after just like literally this isn't this isn't a spoiler because it happens straight away. She's literally just broken up with her long-term boyfriend. She's not kept in touch with any of her friends. So she has no friends. She's single. And she's on this like bus <laughs> back to like her old life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's all comedy. It sounds pretty like surrealism and like postmodernist theater almost <laughs> but it's not it's a comedy it's light um and so then one of the women one of the women on the bus says she's like i can't take it anymore and she the the cat lady stops the bus and lets her get off and she gets off at this bus stop that says rebound town on it <laughs> and she starts instantly like kissing this boy that's there it's very good it's a very funny very quick and it was produced by margot robbie who obviously oh. knows what she's doing as well yeah um so it's kind of if, if i had to like people who liked jane the virgin and crazy ex-girlfriend it's that kind of vibe where it's very funny um, but also quite poignant and then there's elements of like where it cuts away from real life and becomes a bit you know abstract but it was very very good and I wanted to share there's a scene that I like I had laughing at this I thought it was so funny so she bumps into her ex-boyfriend outside the club and she's with her her friend and uh, the boyfriend says the, the friend tears into him and is kind of like oh you broke up with her so you have no right to talk to her blah 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 And he says, okay, wow, Uh, do you hear how she talks to me? And the friend says, look, I'm sorry, I should be congratulating you on the successful internet company you founded. And he says, I didn't found a company. She goes, really? Because that seemed like the only logical explanation as to why a grown man would be out at night wearing a fucking hoodie. (laughs) (laughs) Which is savage, but I lived for it. I was like, that's so funny. So it's really, really good. It's on Disney Plus. I think there's like 10 or 11 episodes in the first season and they're just waiting to to produce the second season. But I think it's been commissioned. It just hasn't been made yet. So that's Dollface on Disney Plus. That's what I have been watching this week. What have you been listening to this week, Corey? So I've been listening to Welcome to the OC, bitches. Um, Oh, yeah, because you mentioned that last week. Yeah, so it's Rachel Bilson, better known as Summer. Roberts, was mm-hmm. uh, Melinda Clark, who was Julie Cooper uh, in the show. So they're hosting it um, every week. It's going to be like an analysis of the episode filled with 
the input of a guest who was in some way involved. Um, so this first episode, we've got Josh Schwartz, who is the producer, uh, executive, pro- executive producer and screenwriter. So it's just, it's actually, what I was surprised about was that it's, you, you know that Caroline O'Donoghue tweet we were talking about where she's like, people are, it's just like recording in their cupboards. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's what theirs is kind of like. Like they're just like, so like ours. <laughs> they're just like chatting. <laughs> we are low budget. <laughs> yeah, it's just like they're like budget talking over each zero. other. <laughs> they're like, oh no, wait, you forgot to mention this. And like, it's just like unedited almost. They're, or like, like a little bit on oh, this point. Or, oh no, you said that, you know, just just super chill just super chill conversation madness to me the oc was 18 years ago right enough has to be 18 years do you know why i know that it has to be is because when it came out i probably was about when it came to ireland i was probably about 11 because all the cool girls in fifth class (laughs) were watching it and i was not a cool girl but i tried to watch it and i didn't even do you know what i didn't even like it that much but i watched it and i was like oh yeah adam brody he's so good looking adam brody's not my type but <laughs> 11 year old rachel so wanted so... him to be her type so <laughs> so good yeah that surprised me it also surprised me that they were like there was only four seasons like I swear, but then they explained there was like 20 episodes per season. Oh, okay, okay. If you hadn't made me guess, I would have been like, there's like eight seasons of it. Yeah, mental. It was on from 03 to 07, and now I haven't watched the actual show in years. And like, you can hear their memory as well, be like, was that how that happened? Did I do that? But how it all came about, you know, it was the first sort of teen soap that combined adults and children and I swear the first time I watched it I didn't really pay that much attention to the parents Uh but now when they talk about it obviously from an older perspective Uh there is a lot you know Sandy Cohen's heavily involved they actually said that Peter Gallagher who plays Sandy was the first person cast and how important that sort of parent viewpoint was in and, and it was about both, you know, it was about the teens and their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it, it in, when you think about it then and they go into, into it, um, it does make sense. But some fun facts. So Marissa Cooper, obviously played by Misha Barton. Mm-hmm. Do you know who else auditioned for that role? Really random. Olivia Wilde. Yeah. I was like, oh, because she's in it. Yeah, I was going to say she was yeah. like trendy at that time. But that's like, you know, in Mean Girls, did you know that um, Rachel McAdam, she, yes, she auditioned yeah. for Katie before. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, so that, I think that's quite, like, common. Common. Uh, well, that's it. That's what they, they sort of said that. And, you know, uh, I was watching for her summer, God, Rachel Wilson says that she wanted, first of all, she wanted to be Marissa. It's just throwback nice and nostalgic they sort of talk about their sort of behind the scenes times too hanging out with the cast you know on screen chemistry and how real it was they do talk talk about adam brody who i really hope they do get on at some point but how he so like in the pilot episode josh Schwartz is like yeah i like went overkill on the nerdiness of him at the beginning but then that sort of phased out um you know he 
there seems to be a lot of like the actors actually were able to improvise and sort uh-huh. of contribute to their character development as well and it's just it's just nice to listen to and like it just brings you back you're like oh like I'm definitely going it's going on my to watch list like I'm gonna be like definitely indulging in that again soon yeah sometimes it's nice to watch a wee throwback so my comfort show is definitely Sabrina the Teenage Witch I go back to yeah. it all the time <laughs> yeah and, and kind of Sex and the City and I know we talk about Sex and the City all the time on this freaking podcast it sounds like we're obsessed but it's just fresh in our minds because we both recently rewatched it yeah, yeah, yeah. and that I would be kind of like that with, with Sex and the City too I go back every couple of years and rewatch the box set just because it's like mm-hmm. oh, nostalgia yeah exactly but another fun fact about this do you remember so Marissa's little sister Caitlin no <laughs> Well, this surprised me. So I think when you Google her, you'll see the character who mostly played her. But before she was recast, um, Shailene Woodley played her. Oh, no way. And there's a letter, there's an image. I'm going to send you the image of Shailene Woodley as Caitlin Cooper. Because I was just like, oh, my goodness. I am mind so funny. I didn't know. Like, that's funny. That's interesting. So, so good. Um, and then they talk about one other thing they talked about that was I was like oh was like how um like smoking cigarettes was not a thing really but in this like on screen um but in this pilot episode Ryan's like smoking a cigarette at one point and how it was like quite taboo for that to be in a Fox Network TV show at the time mm-hmm. um like they were like oh you're allowed to drink alcohol you're allowed to smoke weed but smoking cigarettes was like so yeah. taboo yeah, oh yeah. My goodness, that's mental. And I suppose that still does ring true, you know, when you think of like like Love Island, they're not allowed to smoke cigarettes, aren't they not anymore on camera? But yeah, just if you if you're a fan of the OC and you want a wee bit of nostalgia, um, it's just easy listening. What about you? What have you been listening to? So I've listened to this is something I actually have listened to for like quite a while. Like I think I might have sent it to you a number of months ago as one of the ones that I was like oh I'm listening to this you should listen to it too um it's called At Home with Lily and Anna um Mm -hmm. and it takes it's got two um like social media influencers as similar it's actually a similar vibe to our show probably if we were if we had any sort of like influence (laughs) (laughs) um so it's uh the Anna edit is Anna's um like kind of screen name and Lily is Lily Pebbles so you might know them as influencers Lily Pebbles I follow do you know Lily Pebbles well Anna is the Anna they're best friends right I actually this is why it's familiar to me I think because I see Lily post about it Anna yeah well yeah 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 um so I've listened to it for a while but last week I think or maybe the week before uh, Anna announced that she's pregnant. She's having a little baby. Oh. So, yeah. So they had um, kind of a pregnancy special, which sounds like, especially for someone who doesn't have kids, sounds like a bit of a weird content thing. But do you know what? For, I think, for women kind of in their late 20s, early 30s or whatever, that are kind of in that mind frame where they're in any way interested in children and um, pregnancy and things like that it, it was a really interesting listen because they were talking about I would say it's kind of a content warning for anybody that maybe has struggled to conceive but they talk about Lily when she she has a little girl called Grey and when she was trying to get pregnant with Grey it took her a little while whereas with Anna 
it all happened very quickly and um, she kind of planned quite far in advance that she had wanted kids so she came off the pill two years ago um, just kind of because she knew she wanted to have kids and she kind of was like oh it's a natural thing to go off the pill just in preparation for um, and then but you know as soon as she actually decided she wanted to have the baby it all happened very quickly but yeah it was it was a really it's a really good episode it's definitely worth a listen to if you're in any way interested in babies be it in the next few months or in the next few years or 10 years down the line it was a good it was a good wee episode on parenthood and conception and things like that also just in general the podcast because I don't want to like put anyone off if they have no interest in that particular subject but they're you know they in general it's very very good they talk about kind of beauty products that they've been using that they liked other podcasts that they listen to tv shows but similar to us um mm. and then they also have a group on facebook that they interact with quite a lot so they'll like put up okay everybody tell us your unpopular opinions and then they talk about it on the show this is what i saw today i think i saw lily put up they're doing that. an unpopular opinion one they did one a while ago and stuff like it was like spice girls aren't that great sorry <laughs> <laughs> so stuff like that or like pizza's overrated and they just like talk about it and it's like funny and they also did and it's something that I would have absolutely well not no interest in but something that I kind of am over since I was like do you remember when you were young and you'd buy Ms magazine and they had the embarrassing stories in it mm. all right I know you love those I like I think it's I, I think it. it's because of who I am as a person I get like the secondhand cringe from reading them. I'm like, Ugh. like, mm-hmm. it, like I don't like it. But I listened to their cringe stories one, and it was so funny, Corey. Like you, you would like it. It's very fun, and some <laughs> of them even were like, like toilet humor and things like that that I personally I cannot like. I, I, it's not funny for me. I don't like it. Like it's not my mm-hmm. not for me at all. And even I thought they were, I was driving, I was actually doing stuff for work and I was driving, listening to it and I was howling laughing. It was very, very funny. So it's just a good kind of two best friends. So if you like this podcast, you will like their podcast a hundred percent. Like it's the same. It's basically us with English accents and a much bigger follow kind. <laughs> so this week we're talking about for our topic, the pressure of hot girl summer. <laughs> Not that like, I feel like there shouldn't be pressure for hot girl summer. But do you know what made me think of it was that I actually was following a brand that sells makeup and they had posted, we have everything in stock for your hot girl summer looks. And I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) And also, I feel like there's two meanings to it because one is hot girl summer as in you have to look toned and beautiful and ready for your summer vacay and the other one is that you're gonna be promiscuous during the <laughs> summer <laughs> isn't that another isn't that another meaning for it so like as in because right here's how i know i have a 17 year old friend um because why wouldn't i have um and she was telling me that one of her friends she, t- she tells me all the goss from school and i'm like all right okay she was like and she broke up with her boyfriend and now she's gonna have hot girl summer which means she's gonna kiss lots of boys oh what oh right okay right so there's two meanings for hot girl summer but the one that we're focusing on is the appearance side of things so how do we feel Corey? are we ready for hot girl summer 
Um, absolutely not. I am honestly more like cold girl. Um, like honestly, that was one of the things where I was thinking about. I was like about um lockdown restrictions lifting. Like, oh, I would much rather that have been in winter where you can wear long jeans, or you can wear big jumpers, you can wear a hat. Whereas, like the fact that it's in summer, like. I think that's where this pressure's coming from. Is My that bare all, arms, like no, <laughs> we're all getting released from lockdown, and everyone's nervous that they might not look the same as they did the last time they left the house. But like, mm. guys, we've been in a pandemic for like this last lockdown. Obviously, started just after Christmas, just before Christmas in the south. I think wasn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So you know, just, just around Christmas, it's now May. It's been like almost six months, so it's been half a year. So like, yeah, maybe you will look different because you've been locked in the house for six months. It's okay. Yeah. Like your step count's going to go back up once you start going out and about. You know, you might make healthier food choices when you have choices, like you're not sitting locked in the house the whole time, you know? And I think that's, it's like... Just another thing. I don't hear anything about hot boy somewhere. Just another Very thing for, for women to worry about. Like, yeah. And especially I worry if it's becoming a marketing thing where like... Yeah, so interesting. I don't think I've seen it on any like brands, but now I'm uh-huh. definitely going to be looking for it. This thing, like, because the likes of like hairdressers, spray tan places, like nails, all of that can be like, oh, girls, hot girls summer, you have to be mm. ready. So it's not bad enough that we already have to be ready for Valentine's Day and you have to look the part on Christmas and you have to look the part on your birthday and you have to look the part for christenings and communions and everything else. Now there's a whole three month <laughs> bracket where we have to be hot girls. <laughs> so it's just, it's just not happening in my life, to be honest. Oh, I know. I know. That's so interesting that it's that. Oh, I, I'm going on the hunt for it. I swear, actually, it probably is being rinsed because lockdown lifting. I saw that on a lot. Be ready for this date. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course they're going to use it for hot girl. It's it's scary that it will actually influence people and make people feel under pressure. Like I know people do already you know it's a thing beach body ready or summer diet or mm-hmm. whatever um mm-hmm. and now you've just thrown everything else into the mix isn't it when it comes to your appearance for this yeah I think because I think when it first started it was like I remember Miley Cyrus putting it under a caption probably two years ago she put right, up a, caption, yeah. a picture of herself on Instagram put hot girl somewhere underneath it um but I think it was like almost a joke yeah definitely and now somehow it's not a joke anymore and I just worry about it for like younger women obviously who don't really don't know any better like I mean young like women who are not even women girls girls who are yeah more vulnerable more impressionable but also for women women really event like especially in 20s 30s that are feeling that pressure like it just I don't know it just it's just an extra pressure we don't need to have exactly on ourselves we don't want to encourage so we think in lieu of uh following anyone that mentions hot girls and we're just unfollow them and follow them back instead use that mute button (laughs) mute's brilliant 
Oh, Nate's great. Savior. You don't you don't upset anyone, but you're not right. listening to them either. <laughs> fab. So leading on, kind of from Hot Girl Summer, and the pressure of looking your best, and this whole thing of like, oh, well, I'm going to have to start working out. I need to do my tummy crunches to be Hot Girl Summer. We were remembering as our throwback the trauma that was PE class, which, like for me, it was bad. I hated PE. Like, I hated it. I hated every moment of it from when I was, like, not very, like, when I was, like, maybe 10 or 11. As soon as you kind of start seeing a change in yourself, you're starting to kind of grow up physically. Um, I think PE becomes a real minefield for, well, particularly for women, but obviously some men as well. How did you, you went to an all-girls school, so you probably had a different experience than I did. I mean, I still hated it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think I was gonna say like I think like for me I was like I'm not sporty I'm not mm-hmm. even now I'm not like particularly active mm-hmm. but I said that I said that so offensively mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're not I mean <laughs> let's call a spade a spade it's all right um I remember in like primary school this I don't know why this is coming to my head but in primary school um, mm-hmm. there were eight girls in my class I think and um, it was a girls they were must have been in a football tournament or playing a football match and I was like absolutely not I'm not participating and I was like standing on the side holding hold other stuff uh-huh. like their watches or okay, I don't know, whatever stuff no I don't think it was P class it was natural art. match but I remember I remember our teacher then someone got sent off and I had to go on and play and like no. it's like no wonder I hate me like no, I remember stop. they were on their tracksuits and I was in my full uniform uh-huh like I don't like horrendous but no even in all girls school like we had I remember there were you would like purposely forget your P gear yeah but did you not get in trouble oh yeah you got, I got to, I got detention for it yeah 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 that's we would have gotten big trouble for it so that's you had to and you had to get changed yeah in front of all the like like, cause like, yeah. just to give everybody like a visual here, I'm six foot tall and I was six foot tall from when I was like 11. I've been, I've been tall for a long time. Um, and I was also like just bigger than the other girls. The other girls were all kind of prepubescent for a long time before. Like, so I already had boobs and thighs and hips when they were still in their like girl bodies. So even like getting changed and things was just like, traumatic mm. and then and like obviously had to have like the right spray like I remember bringing roll-on deodorant and they were like uh what are you doing with roll-on deodorant and I was like my yeah. mother won't let me have aerosols <laughs> exactly and like pee was... gear having to get new clothes and trainers for uh-huh. for your one hour pee class per yeah. week yeah exactly and like I didn't and I used to just wear whatever but then obviously like the cool girls had the proper they had like O'Neill's or what do you call it like long, was not long stay, but like the fancy they were it was O'Neill's wasn't it with the zips there was O'Neill's the and there was Canterbury's were like, big Canterbury's ones yeah yeah and it was just like not fun and then even as well the sporty girls so that's the popular girls they're already being mean to you just because you showed up wearing clothes <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the sporty girls are mean to you because you don't want to 
take part so you're like yeah. oh hey I'm just here because this is a compulsory class but you guys work away and then they're like you're letting the team down it's like um okay <laughs> honestly I hate it like I do think it scares you for life and I remember one of my least favorite memories and it's just it is a thing and like maybe I'm just a bad person maybe this is pure sportswomanship or whatever mm-hmm. but um you know when you would do like two teams and it was like a relay like the first person goes and they come back yes. and they tag you and you go uh-huh. I remember doing that like a few years ago in a boxing class and I uh-huh. before I had PTSD or something I was like I don't want to play this I don't want to race against someone that's not why I'm here I'm not here to physically compete with uh-huh. someone at all yeah yeah like, yeah and it, it stems from that trauma of pee but this is the thing like and you know I was actually thinking about this week do you remember I was telling you right so I'm doing 30 minute hit it's high intensity apparently low impact so it's like even she says at the start she's like this is for if you have a knee injury I'm like I don't have a knee injury but I am not good at sports so but I've been doing it just to kind of like get my body moving again because I feel mm-hmm. like I haven't been moving it we're not taking part in hot girl summer that's not what it's about I'm not gonna like suddenly drop five dress sizes nor would I want to to be honest but mm-hmm. um even when I was doing that and I felt silly and I was in my own living room with the blinds down because mm-hmm. the fear is real yeah and uh, do you know what I mean and uh I was I felt silly and even then I was like god if I had to do this because you know people go to classes they go to the gym yeah. and go to classes I couldn't do that and that and I think that stems from PE I would hate yeah. just anyone to laugh at me or to think yeah that I like that's really bad but it shouldn't be that way it's like I know that like listening to this from a different perspective could be like well you're just lazy or you're just unfit but it's not what it is it is a different experience like even if I go out to run I think it's worth noting sorry for you for cutting across you but it's worth noting that you and I have very different body types like like I would be curvy <laughs> chunky yeah funky I'm tall I'm six foot tall I have broad shoulders I have broad hips I'm broad I'm just I'm a broad broad and then <laughs> and then you're well you're tall too you're what five seven five eight five six and a half no you're not I right she is okay she's so she's at least five seven um, <laughs> and and thin like you're you're you know slim you're a slim person and like you've had the same experience like I always associate it with those girls were laughing at me because they look different from me but you would have looked probably similar to all the girls in your yeah, class no, no way it's definitely and like even now gym classes and stuff well, obviously we're not going to them now but uh-huh. I would have been conscious of my ability level and you know I would have been going to maybe Zumba classes with all the 40 year old mums in the town mm-hmm. before I would have gone to a, a class with people maybe of more strength or higher fitness in our age yeah and even yeah. if I go like if I was to go out and be like right I'm going to try run a bit I'm going to try jog a bit not on your nelly am I doing that until I'm in the back road out of sight of anyone like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people might say oh that's just vanity and oh no one cares but like I just think it's it's not random I think it's linked to negative experiences and yeah e-class being a contributor so they 100%. really need to I wonder are they and this is the thing because some people I think our age and even like maybe older than us um 
I feel like they get a bit fed up with the kind of, oh, kids these days are snowflakes, blah, blah, blah. But like, we're saying this as people who went to school, we finished school, we finished secondary school 10 years ago, we finished primary school a a long time ago. (laughs) And like, I wonder, have they changed it? I wonder, does it feel any different for the kids doing it now? Uh, Probably not. I, I actually don't know. That's so interesting, yeah, how PE classes are conducted now. And another thing I will say about, sorry, I'm just going in on PE classes now. I swear, <laughs> I swear. So yeah, all girls school, we had like typical changing room. Uh-huh. had, you know, that open space of a square and then maybe like two toilet cubicles and yeah, two shower cubicles or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I swear we weren't allowed to use the toilet the toilets cubicles to change. To get change. Yes, I don't, I don't think we were either. Yeah, yeah, no. What the yeah, hell is yeah, yeah, that? Yeah. I know, I know, I know. It's it's messed up. But come here, just, be real now. Just to lighten the whole thing, because obviously usually our throwbacks light. We yeah, went sorry. in this week. We're not we're not in the humor with the PE class. Please yeah. let us know that you all felt the same and that we're not alone on this. Um, but what were the excuses in your school for getting out of it? Um, like, did you have good ones? We used to say things like, oh, sir, because we had like, we had a male PE teacher. This is the thing. So we could say like, oh, I have cramps. You know, yeah. so that was like a big one. But also, we used to say, "Oh, my eyebrows sore," like as an excuse, <laughs> like as a joke. And then, depending on what mood he was in, sometimes he'd be like, "All right, go on," and like especially when we got into fifth and sixth year, he'd be like, "Go on and study or whatever, do something else. That's fine." Um, but not not super often. It was depend depend on what mood you got him in. Uh, oh no, we had to have written notes from home to get out of PA. Oh God, written notes nightmare. Or if you forgot your gear or whatever. Then but then you get fine. in trouble. Yeah, oh yeah. No, anytime you don't... Yeah, I think that's that actually. But so how do you know? You don't know that you're going to be sick. You can be sick in the middle of the school day. Not good enough. Yeah, you have to You have to be participating in PE. We had like... Obviously, it was like frowned upon. Basically, you couldn't get right. So you couldn't get student of the month if you missed a day of school. Mm-hmm. So if you were sick that month, like say you got sick one day that month you, and even though you were the highest performing student that month you couldn't get student of the month so I used to peel myself out of bed sick like I wasn't well and go to school to sign out later so that I wouldn't yeah <laughs> so you were so still I, marked in for the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go in for what a loser <laughs> <laughs> I would have I would have gone in for the first like three classes and then gone to the office and be like can you ring my dad I need to go home <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um I don't think I ever went home over PE but I probably was tempted quite a few times oh horrendous at least it's all over us now I know thank goodness so Rachel what are you looking forward to um so next week or the next time we're recording we always say next week we mean two weeks from now um i am looking forward to the line of duty finale Mm. so buzzing to find out but i don't think we're going to find anything out you know because um it was a short season because of covid and i don't think i don't think we're gonna i don't think too much is going to be revealed because there's like one episode have you been watching it I'm on season one, episode two. <laughs> right. So there's there's one episode left. There's the finale left. And we 
so much to tidy up in that one episode it's not going to happen I don't think but I will feed back next week so anybody who like yourself actually because you're list, you're not I'll not give any spoilers away so it'll be a spoiler free review of the finale that'll be hard because I know it's everywhere at the moment <laughs> um, what are you looking forward to I'm looking forward to I had a few books and didn't know what I would go for but in the interest of easy reading which I'm here for um, it's called Asking for a Friend by Andy Osho. Right. Um, just picked it up. It's about three best friends are going to solve their relationship woes once and for all. Right. I almost, I swear I've heard that before, but actually, yeah, I think it's maybe, I have like, did you know, and does everybody know actually, that on Instagram you can basically make Pinterest boards? No, I did not know that. Right. So I have a book Pinterest board where when I see a book by like one of the book accounts I follow, you can save it to remind yourself to buy it. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Instead of screenshotting. Yeah. So just FYI for everybody, we know the show has run over this week. So I'm just going to go through this hint very quickly. I'm sorry. Um, so basically when you go to your Instagram, some people are going to definitely know this and be like, mm. um, but you go, I say you see a post. The way there is a way save. Save, right? Label. It says label? save. So you hit that and that will just save it to like an overall collection that just is stuff that you saved. But when you hit save, it'll flash up saying save to collection or save to board or something like that. It's like save to somewhere. If you hit that, you can save it to and like name the board books. You can save all and like I do it for so I do it for books. I do it for nails. So if I see nails that I like to show the girl that does my nails, um, Rachel Davidson, shout out. Um, and also like gifts. If I see things that I think my friends might like for future birthdays and things, I save it to like gifts. Oh. Um, so yeah, you can do that. So sorry, totally distracted from your book, but I think that's on my instagram pinterest situation well i'll let you know how it is i'm excited to hear about it next week so that's all from us this week feel free to get in touch on twitter at who you love in pod thanks for listening and speak soon